This episode contains explicit material dealing with descriptions of suicide and sexual abuse. Content discussed may be triggering to some listeners. Discretion is advised. This total digression before we get into this, but talking yeah. about horror stuff and Halloween horror. and spooky. I am so thrilled because the Peacock, and I don't mean to you know promote NBC. NBC's Peacock app, um, NBC Universal. Universal owns all not the original. Not sponsored. Not sponsored. Not sponsored. Uh, but it, they though. do have all the old school, the original Boris Karloff Dracula. Or, oh, um, fun. Yeah, uh, Boris Karloff. Frankenstein, the Universal uh, movies, Bela Lugosi, Dracula, and, Larry and the Invisible Wilmore Man. is getting a show on there. It's already started. Why haven't Ooh, you watched it? So has it, and, and most I importantly, former Sacred Fools member and yes. friend of the pod, she is now. I'll tweet, <laughs> I'll tweet at her and tell her that she's friend of the pod right now. Uh, but Amber Ruffin um, yes. is. Uh, got her own show and, and so so this is what's badass amber ruffin has her own show on peacock yeah. and she still writes for the seth myers show wow. she's still Bam. involved she's got two jobs she's got two jobs wow. and, Good for and, her. and, yeah. and she's she is a well magical deserved. human being and yeah. there's wow. simply no other way to describe it she's just brilliant and I need to meet her Magical. now. Oh, we'll get her I've only time. heard heard tell of her legend. That's right. She's a little before your time. Welcome to Theater Theater. This is your <laughs> podcast for theater people. Made by three theater thirds. Theater nerds. Theards. Nears. Nears. From the LA theater scene. I'm Jay Bailey Bertram. I'm CJ. What's your last name, CJ? <laughs> yeah, Merriman. She doesn't uh, want people finding her. I'm <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, and I am Scott Leggett. We're each members of the Sacred Fools Theater Company, and each week we oh, get together yeah. and we talk about plays and playwrights that play. we have strong opinions all on, right. and we discuss, debate, and disseminate all yeah. over. Just like a Sarah Kane play. My microphone yes. smells. <laughs> I'm up on my microphone right now trying to, trying to be smell funny. Like? It smells good. It <laughs> smells like, it doesn't smell like breathy or anything. That's great. No COVID droplets? Oh, there are now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, uh. right, I was right up on, I was right up on it. 
Anyway, this is our episode number two and final episode uh, of our Sarah Kane miniseries, 4.48 Podcosis. Now, uh, yes. we left off last time. We had just finished Phaedra's Love, which uh, I think is we had decided is maybe the most stageable of her plays. Agreed. It, it's certainly, I think it's the simplest yeah. uh, to approach, yeah. For sure. I'd agree with that. But then what year does she write that? Um, 96? Six, 96. Six. So does she write a play a year, basically, since 95? So she's got yeah, 95, Yeah, I mean, from from what I get, she, she, she starts cranking in grad school and then yeah. right out of grad school, like within months out of grad school, Blasted is produced and becomes a thing. And then right. she's... Uh, she does a lot of traveling, from what I read. There's a great obituary. Um, <laughs> spoilers. Um, <laughs> uh, Sarah Kane took her own life in 1999, if you didn't listen to the first part of this, um, at only 28 years of age, and wrote five mm. plays that, well, 20 years later, we're still talking about them. So there you go. Yeah. Um, who's, right. the win- who's the winner now? Uh, where was I going with all this? I was talking about something. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, oh, she goes from Blasted. Yeah, she goes from Blasted. Um, she did a short film called Skin. Um, yeah. I read which, that script. Yeah. Uh, Have you seen it? I, I, I glimpsed. I glimpsed it and just I just didn't get into it at the time. Um, I yeah. I would after reading the script, I would not have been able to watch it. No, I don't that's one yeah. I don't. Uh... Uh, it remem- that's, it, it, that's the it, one. That's the outlier that makes me go, "Ooh, is she my favorite?" That one's hard mm, for me. It's mm. really hard for me, and I think I need to hear someone with a whole different perspective on those kind of people uh, for me to even comprehend that. <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of um, a Kenneth Anger film or something like, just sort of sure. getting trying to get under under the skin. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, so she does Blasted. It's a huge mega hit. Uh, well, it's not. It's it's it widely, sparks it, mega controversy. It, it sparks mega controversy. It gets her a lot of attention. Yeah, she writes Phaedra's Love, which she also directed. Um, it's a little less uh, successful, uh, a little less well received. Um, it's a little a less controversial. Play. It's her funny play. Uh, <laughs> and then she does um, uh, Cleansed, uh, premiered at the Royal Court Theater downstairs. Uh, and in 1998, also directed by James McDonald, who uh, had directed Blasted as well. So I yeah. would love to read read an interview or talk to him at some point about sure. it. I bet he's... By the way, uh, the guy who plays the lead in Skin um, is Ewan Bremner, who I mostly only know from Train Spotting. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like one of my favorite roles in Train Spotting, mm-hmm. and he's done some other stuff here and there. He he pops up. I feel like he's in like Snatch and like random shit like that. He yes, pops up a lot. Yes, yeah. Very Scottish man. Um, but he is. In, I think he's in Wonder Woman. He's in Wonder Woman. He's like he one is, of her yeah. like guys yeah. in Wonder. Yeah. Woman. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's and a bunch of other stuff, but he's fantastic. Uh, and this. Have you is, never seen Train Spotting Two? Yeah. Uh, he's. His arc, yeah. especially with the original, is fantastic. He's yeah, so good. He's so good and charming. I have a lot so of opinions about Trainspotting, too. But oh, I do, too. But, I have but, a lot of opinions but, on Danny Boyle, let's say that. Girl, we don't. We, <laughs> girl, 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 we don't. Girl, we don't even have time. Girl, we don't have the time. Yeah, no, it's true. I, but anyway, my point was just that he, he gives a stellar performance. So does the woman in it. Um, 
let me look up her name because she's fantastic. But oh it wait, is I've got the cast right here. Marsha Rose. I know yes, that. yes, yes. Uh, also, um, very good. And it's just, uh, it's hard. Uh, we won't talk about Skin because that's not one of our deep dives. But then we get, mm-hmm. yes, for sure. Um, then we get to cleansed. Um, CJ, you want to give us a, a little uh, synopsis of Cleansed? Yes. Um, cleansed takes And we place... should say, I'm so sorry to interrupt. That, that's no, so no. rude of me. But we didn't do it. We should do a trigger warning disclaimer for part two. We did it for the first part of this yeah, I, series. It's at We've the beginning of the episode, but yeah, okay. everyone should know we're going to be talking about the, 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 the dark stuff. Rough stuff. Get rough ready. Stuff. Yeah. Um, especially with this one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, let's hear it, CJ. Uh, Cleansed takes place in a concentration camp where the psychopathic tinker tests the bonds of love and fidelity. Sure, that was a good way to put it. That, so uh, I got that straight off the internet. I was like, how oh, got it. do I... <laughs> how do you even... Yeah. yeah. To me, um, this is the hardest to produce practically, um, in my well, opinion. And if you intro- take it all literally then this right. is the hardest. And I think that that was the intention. Uh, right. So I read that when the Royal Court went to do this, that it was one of the most expensive shows they ever did. Right. With the detail yeah. that was spent in terms of trying to... Um, although I from God, I need to get into more detail on that, this actual production. I, I was focusing more on the script, of course. But sure. uh, I think James McDonald did... did some immersive elements to it that made it i've heard something like that yeah what uh, yeah i I don't know exactly how that worked i read reviews of the 2000 2014-16 version that was where they they went full haul haul out like in terms of production design and and sticking to the script which has many harsh things in it yes uh, what was your take on this, Siege? Well, um, the first thing I, I meant to say in the last episode was I read, I reread Blasted and Phaedra's Love in one sitting. And by the time I got to the end of it, my heart was pounding and I was breathing heavily. Wow. And the same thing happened with this play. In fact, yeah. I was planning on reading this one and psych- I, I, Psychosis is the only one I hadn't read before this. And I, I was telling Scott, I got to a part, I, the first part where they have the first amount of insane violence in it, that yeah. I I got to the stage directions and I read the first line. I was like, no, oh no, oh no. And I skimmed it. And then, <laughs> like, I, and it's crazy because, because Phaedra's Love and Blasted are both shocking. But this one, I don't know what it was about this one in particular, was the the hardest for me. It was a hard, like, the first page, bam, heroin use. And I'm like, gee, like, I think I literally said out loud, Jesus Christ. Yeah, the first no. thing it says is, Tinker is heating smack on a silver spoon. <laughs> well, and then he injects it into his eye. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it's like, it's not even like just a good old, like heroin session it's like they're really going for it not a good old heroin sesh (laughs) yeah i uh bailey what did you think what was your reaction to it uh cleansed is the one that when i read these um in college i was i was like she's the greatest thing that's ever happened yeah um this was sort of the one where i was i really i feel her churchill a little bit in this i feel Scriker vibes i feel you know like there's for uh, sure Scriker. yeah 
obviously it's tough. You know, they're all tough. Here's an interesting thing. I've known this since uh, for a long time, but I it, this is the first time I read it sort of really thinking about this. This was a pseudo-sequel to Blasted. Mm-hmm. This was meant to be a trilogy, and the third one was going to be, like, about nuclear war, basically. Fuck. But... It w- the third one never got written. She just decided not to do it. And she, like, like fully told people she was abandoning it. It's not like she hmm. passed and then didn't do it. She just just didn't do it. It feels very in tune with Blasted for that reason. It's like a grown-up. It's If if Phaedra is soft, if her sophomore year, this is her junior year, and it's her harder year, and she's learning things about herself. And, you know what I mean? Like, it's sort of yeah. like she's she's about to, like, she cracks it with this one, in my opinion. This is the one that works best for me. Uh, it excites me a lot as a director. Tinker uh, is the Hippolytus, is the Ian to me, right? Mm-hmm, He's the mm-hmm. one, like, I think mm-hmm. she always has this this one character that we sort of get to, we get to hate, but also um, see the humanity of. And this one in particular, and I feel this with Phaedra too, but this one in particular, I feel like she's very detached from it. And it does this Beckett thing that we talked about in the Godot episodes where she allows us to step into any character at any given moment and feel sort of what they're dealing with, Mm. right? And I think I feel her very much not commenting on any of them, not sort of like Annie Baker with body awareness, right? Where she's just like, I'm not even going to comment on these people. I'm just going to present them and allow you to place yourself into this world mm-hmm. and just be here and live in it. And that's theater in general, but she has tackled it and, 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 and cracked it in a way that I don't think anyone besides maybe Beckett and maybe Churchill has done. Yeah, I, I agree with you on 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 a lot of that. I I think where I, I diverge is that I I don't think that she's worried about character in this one. I think she's very much worried sure. about character in Blasted and in Agreed. Vader's I think Love. I'm speaking more uh, broadly. Of yeah, her, I you know I get what I you're saying. You. Yeah, I think for me and I, I I agree with you. Like you can see the steps. That she's yes. she is interested in generating a new and specific theater language, right. and I think the heartbreaking thing for me was I finished it and I'm like, I, I it was like like I, I could feel uh, like if you ever play like you know football or something like that and you dive for a ball and it it's, it hits your fingertips and you think you have it for a right. second and right. it drops. That I had that for like a day with with like I went to sleep, slept for like an hour, and then woke up having dreams, not horrible dreams based on the violence and the extremities uh, described in the play, sure. but this idea that she has again we talked about it in the first uh, the first part, the juxtaposition of if 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 this is love, if this is love, then the opposite of love has to be so horrible. Right. Mm. And so what she's doing by showing you the horror of it and then giving you a taste or a glimmer of that hope that exists in all of her shows at the end. Right. A little less with Phaedra's love, I think. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I think this time around and I did the same thing with Blasted is I've been reading I've been reading it through this lens of like like fascistic nations, civil war type of stuff like that. And I just and 
I, I just read it again as this whole thing of like, people are this craven, this is happening to people out there just for being in the relationships that they're in or being who they are, you know? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, to me, this one's very much about identity, right? Mm-hmm. And that kind of goes along with that. Is it, it's, you know, the, the piecemealing of, uh, you know, each of them by the end, they're all just sort of like jigsaw puzzles of each other. They've all had pieces Oof. removed. <laughs> yeah. They've all lost yeah. pieces. And, but they've also and, gained pieces from each other and like wearing from others, clothing yeah. of uh-huh. each other. And they're, you know, it's like, it's. How did they do the chocolate eating scene? How? How? That, see, this, okay, so everything I know about this one is that this has always been produced very representational. Like, okay. I don't, I don't, I mean, maybe the first one, like, they went for it, but I, I think this one, you, you have to, this is where she really starts being like, okay, director, let's see what you do. You know, because it's like yeah. you, you kind of have to represent it to you represent it in a way where you still get exactly what's going on, but you don't have to make the most perfect, exact. I don't know. From from what I read, the Nationals version in 2016 very much went all the way for it. Like, really? Mm-hmm, well, yeah. I mean, you know, in in terms of there, there's so there's so many. Things that, again, this is the, the this interesting theater language that she sort of deals with or is trying to create or or playing with the idea that you know, the rats come out and you know, start doing this, take the off fla- his feet and 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 run off with them, yeah. cut off the hands. the The flower grows through the floor the and becomes huge, yeah. right? Becomes huge and you to to a shocking effect. I I would imagine I, again. I I. Tinker is such an interesting character, and I love that you we get about halfway through, and it's he's like, like Mangala esque. But then he's like, "I'm not a Ooh. doctor. Uh-huh. I'm not a doctor. Like, what is he then? Like, it's that it's there's there's Orwellian, you know, sort of elements of this, you know, overseeing thing where it's described very specifically as we're at a university, but it's not a university anymore. It's become something else and mm-hmm. you know the sound of rain and the, it's it's snowing like there's do you ever check that one out there's a scene where it's like it's snowing it's snowing so how do you do that how do right. you do that for that whole and then what happens with blood and snow and all the other you know horrible terrible things they're that, on a graded stage oh my god <laughs> like i I didn't. I, I kind of went and looked for like analysis of of Sarah Kane's work. I would be really interested to read like a Freudian or Jungian actual psychological sort of analysis of the work. Sure, I, I'd just be it was fascinated to by see where it wasn't sunflower. Daffodils. That's right. Yeah. Well, it's a second, but then there's a second time oh, where it's right, a different type right. of flower. You're right. It is sunflowers. The daffodils one is after the whole place gets shot that's dis- and destroyed yes, 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 with yes, gunfire. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, what a fucking nightmare for uh, the people who have to build and clean that every night. You know? Yeah. Woof. But you can Water also show. see, you know, you can also see the, uh, in this one even more so, you can see the influence of, of Wojciech. Um, Absolutely. Idea, this is the one that I feel like she... Has even she even stated was like directly from her work on that? Mm. Yeah, it had to be because it was it a year later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. From um, her directing it. So somebody, uh, one of the things that I'd read was talking about the idea of 
redemption in this and I, I i didn't i don't know who's redeemed if 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 anyone is but i didn't take it as that did you think that there was a message of redemption in here i i mean i it was kind of the thing you guys were talking about that they do in blasted and they do it with tinker too you have these characters, these leading male characters that seem horrible and violent and cruel and irredeemable, but then you see these flip sides to them where even though they are these monsters and do these monstrous things, they want someone to love them. They want someone to be close to. I mean, that's the only thing, that's the only feeling of redemption Mm. that I'm getting from it where it's like he's a monster but he still wants things that humans want mm. I, I don't know is that could that be the direction it's going in yeah I mean maybe I mean again I think that she wins because if, if, <laughs> I hate to put, to put it into win or loss perspective but that's the success here is that again it's 20 years later you know we're all three of us can read this again and or see it within the next decade and we'll have very different feelings on it. Uh, for example, there, there's also this idea that, that could be very negative, the idea that, that love can only exist if there's pain and suffering to go along Oof. with it. And I don't, uh -huh. know, I don't know if that's true. I think that there's a nexus point. I think there's a point where those two things hit. But what I, I, I have chosen to go with in terms of my overall interpretation of Sarah Kane is that that to truly understand love you have to understand truly the opposite of it and that that's not what that's what she's trying to do I can't show you love like I can't show you love on stage the way I want to that's not where how I'm wired but I can show you the opposite and then I can show you where love stands in comparison and right. I find that exquisitely beautiful Mm -hmm. I agree. Can I read something out of the um, Sarah Kane complete plays? Mm, please. Um, introduction. Now, actually, there's. I want to actually speak to that real quick. It's called the complete plays, and she was writing. She's only had plays out since I've been born. Like every mm -hmm. other playwright we've had has has been massive for decades, right? Uh -huh. She only wrote in one decade. Has five plays, mm -hmm. one short film. Mm -hmm. And we have her complete works here, and we'll forever know that it is her complete works. It's mm -hmm. like it's it's mm -hmm. like Shakespeare, and, and mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm, every time we, we don't, see and we don't know book, if it's I, if Shakespeare's complete works. Ooh, these play these see, plays. We don't being, know if this is her complete works. I guess. I Tune mean, in around some... Christmas time, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We'll be getting into that shit. Um, oh, I can't wait. Okay, here we go. Kane believed passionately that if it was possible to imagine something it was possible to represent it on stage. By demanding an interventionist and radical approach from her directors, she was forcing them to go to the limits of their theatrical imagination, forcing them into poetic and expressionist solutions. Her stage imagery poses no problems for theater per se, only for a theater tied to journalistic naturalism. Nothing in a cane play is any more bizarre than Shakespeare's direction at the end of A Winter's Tale. The statue comes to life. Mm -hmm. And I thought of um, mm. Exits Pursued by a Bear, mm. right? Um, mm -hmm. Which is from like Henry Ford. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. With cleansed, K 
Kane wrote a play which demanded that its staging be as poetic as its writing. Oof. And I was like, damn, okay, I get that. That was the first time I had read that this time around, and uh, that struck true with me. But I feel like that encompasses almost everything we've kind of mm. tackled mm, about her. That's fantastic. That's really yeah. beautiful. That's really yeah. beautiful. Um, um, any other thoughts on Cleansed? No, it's the one that I... I um, I don't know if it was my favorite, but it's the one that I think is is my my whole struggle with her is that I feel like she, every that again we get, I've said it already the, the, she 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 was getting ready to make the next step the right. the masterpiece wasn't there these are there's brilliant works here right but the masterpiece the big one wasn't quite there yet and sure. that's the tragedy for me. I think um, I can agree with that. Yeah, okay. I can agree with that completely. Um, I, I, what I, and even why I even pointed out the complete, uh, why that has so much weight for me is that I agree. I, I think there could have been decades of oh, honing, yeah. and we, we're a, right. we're a podcast about evolutions of playwrights. That's what we. What would she have done in yeah. in the face of of me would too? Right. Oh man, oh, what would she be doing well, right now? What would yeah, she? Yeah. Well, and that's what makes me so sad about her too, because like at twenty eight, like, it's. That was what eight years ago now for me but i look at that and i'm like i have learned so much more and sure. as an artist i am much more evolved and my writing is better and it just makes me so sad that's right that you know, yeah. she didn't get that time and and more works out and things like that because it just would have continued to evolve and gotten better which yeah. is why you know I, I i battle deeply about saying putting her in a top three position because of that it's hard to it, it is hard to do but but then there's that sort of part of me that's like, man, that alternate timeline thing where I'm like, I think she would have been. I yeah. think she absolutely would have been. She fulfill, she checks all my boxes. She's, she's got the shepherd stuff that I like. She's got the Churchill stuff that I like. She's got the, you know, she's, she's a perfect amalgamation, just like cleansed. She is a <laughs> jigsaw puzzle of all the things that I really, I, I, uh, okay. No, no, <laughs> I feel, I feel you, dog. Fucking I love feel this. you. I fucking love you. this playwright. I think she's. Uh, I think she could have done oh, just yeah. enormous. I, th enormous I think things. about you know. I think about being twenty eight, and the extremity of my views. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Just like no, this is it. No, this is it. You know, yeah. this is the thing, and this is the thing, and 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 you you listen to the descriptions of. Her. I was only twenty eight two years ago, y'all. I know. <laughs> And I've learned so much since then. Shut like the, the fuck shit up. that no, but what I mean is like, I feel Dude, like that you was forever. Ago. <laughs> no, no, Dude, no, no. But like, wait till you start though, peeing I get wrong. That. Then everything. I hear that. No, I'm just kidding. No, I hear that completely. But my point is really to amplify everything that y'all are saying is that like I've only had two years since then and i feel like a whole different person sure yeah so it's and, like and, what and could it she have done quickly in her 30s like, there's a kind know. of nirvana you reach at 30. what would she have done after 9 11. <laughs> what would her, her oh she wow, has all yeah. this before 9 11. yeah, yeah. holy yeah. shit yeah That's dude right. like, she's like a where would she have been she's and... gone pre 9 11. Mm -hmm. yeah two years wow that's wow. that's i mean and oh okay there's so much so next you know, up, I want to speak to something real quick. Yeah, uh, yeah, that she did after this, which was Crave. 
Yes. But yeah, first, yeah, yeah. I, I just need sort of glanced at a little so. pop of positivity from CJ. <laughs> so CJ, if you have any positive uh, 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 fun facts for us, let's throw one out. Did you know in Vermont? CJ's fun fact corner. <laughs> CJ's fun fact corner. Oh, where's the CJ's banjo music? <laughs> Welcome to CJ's fun fact corner. <laughs> okay. Did y'all know in Vermont, women must obtain written permission from their husbands to wear false teeth? <laughs> false teeth? I don't want them to have any at all. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thanks, y'all. This was CJ's Fun Fact Corner. True story. I went to Penn State University, as I may have mentioned previously on this broadcast. Right. Uh, at Penn State... There were no sorority houses. The the sororities were, um, at the time, I don't know if this is still the case, but at the time they were actually just kept in dormitories and they were assigned like multiple dormitory floors yeah. because they couldn't uh, you, they couldn't have sorority houses because more than three unrelated women living under uh, one roof <gasps> was considered a house of ill repute. Um, and so it's a literally, 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 it's a literally more than three women weren't allowed to live uh, in a house. Talk together. about a patriarchal fucking Some insane barely, fucking barely. But there were fraternity houses. There were plenty. Plenty of fraternity Right, houses. which is fine, even though all those dudes are fucking each other. Um, <laughs> for free. What? Um, what? I wanted to speak on something that came in between cleansed and... Uh, 4.48, which was uh, this thing that she wrote super quick to fill a gap in programming, I think, at the Royal Theater or yeah, Gales. Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah. Was the yeah. Royal Court? Royal Court. Um, and she, it was called Crave, and she used a pseudonym That's because right. she didn't want anybody comparing it to like her controversial earlier works. Ah. She was like, I just want to, like, can we, it was like a Marie something another, and she was like, I just, I don't even want my name on it. And it's four characters, A, B, M, and C. Feels very much like Beckett's um, play, mm-hmm. play, mm-hmm. Um, where it's just four people. Um, and it's kind of a poetry thing. It's very musical, the way that it all kind of flows together. I've seen a bit of it. I've never seen all of it done. Um, but it's short, and it's great. Um, but there's no delineation between, like... There's no scene breaks. There's yeah, no clear scenes. Exactly. It's very difficult to read as a reader because you're just yes. like, I don't know what's happening. It, you have to see it. You have to either be producing it or you or like why read it, kind of, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of the 4.48 psychosis situation, which I think is a good time to like kind of launch into that, which is the lack of delineation, the lack of structure, the lack of the ability to, um, as a reader specifically latch on to any type of form there's just none no so you don't know if the characters you don't know what the difference between dialogue and stage directions are is this one person is this 25 people dancing at the same time and saying these words in unison i don't know she's given us nothing and i think this is the ultimate sort of um here you go uh collaborators go yeah joy right which is beautiful um but also i think and this is the we brought this up in the last episode but i think you know she's in a time where she's nearing taking her own life right Mm -hmm. and 
you kind of ask this question and maybe this is the better time to ask it in a way is like, do these relate? Is the lack of form, the lack of structure, the lack of, you know, of this even being really a play, do those things relate? Does that correlate? Yeah, I think, um, so there's a, a beautiful story. I think I mentioned it in the first part. Um, her brother, Simon, um, yes. Uh, was basically the the sounding board for it. So uh, this is this is just a quote from what he said as as technically being one of the very first audiences for 448 Psychosis. First of all, the title is derived from the time that she would. It was a time that she kept waking up huh. in the morning. She would wake up at 448 in the morning. 448 right. in the morning. And I've had similar experiences during like you know dark times, like where I keep noticing that I'll wake up at like. You know, six thirteen p. Six thirteen right. a.m. Like, why is this time? Huh. So yeah. four forty eight psychosis, and so she, uh, so he says. This is her brother speaking. Sarah would ring me up at four a.m. and say, "I've just written this section. What do you think?" Uh, she was gauging my she was gauging my reaction. Um, what did he think? Uh, sometimes I had no idea what it was about. She said, "I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell anyone ever." Hmm. Um, and that was kind of the thing. Um, and it's, it's very difficult to describe. I, I, this is the one I think I most want to see. Maybe the one I most would like to direct. Most because, interestingly, uh, uh, son of, what is it? Simile? Simile? Son of Simile, yeah. Son of yeah. Simile did it last year. Did I they remember really? seeing it yeah. on, oh, I remember no, seeing it online. Why did I Somebody... see it? Yeah. Uh, you know, I. Oh, the friend's podcast down. was twinkling our eyes. This is before God. we were podcasting. Yeah, I, I will tell you, um, CJ, I, I've told you this before. Mm -hmm. I didn't see it on purpose. I'm a cane head, you know, and I, I, I've always sought to see one of these on stage. And everyone kept saying, you know, hey, they're doing, hey, Bailey, I know you love cane. They're doing 4.48. I was like, Whoa. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm ready to watch that, and I also don't know if I think that. Uh, I don't know anything about Son of Simile. I support all LA theater. I think it's all phenomenal. I don't Son know of anything. Simile does some really great work. Really that's a, that's amazing. I it's I know cool nothing space. about them. I just hear positive things, um, and which is great. But to me, I was just like, I don't know this company. I don't know anything about it. I feel weird going to this, not knowing what they're doing, not knowing the director, not like it. Just felt. I don't know why it felt weird to me and mostly because and we should say there's sort of the lore around this that this was sort of left as a manuscript as her suicide note mm -hmm. and in a way even though people knew she was writing it it was it was left on the table kind of when she was found right and it was like this is it this is sort of my last statement to the world and it feels weird for me to even produce it for some reason and I I think someday I'll get over that. And maybe it's because I've had a lot of friends who have taken their own lives and who mm -hmm. have, t and I've had a lot of friends who have been close and, and been close myself, if we're being honest, because this is a very honest podcast. And I, I think we have to, we have to respect this on almost another level right now. I do anyway. I don't think I'm not, I don't mean to tell anybody how to read plays or produce plays, but it was hard for me to decide to go see it. Now, I will tell you, I, a good friend of the pod, uh, Rachel Manheimer, uh, told me that she did enjoy it. Yeah. Um, mm. And she's a cane head as well. That's, um, uh, it's, I, 
uh, my god, I don't enjoy know it I'm... as much as you know what I mean. Enjoy yeah, it. She yeah. she thought they handled it well, is what I mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead, um, Scott. I'll, no, I was just gonna say that's that, that's a company that I, I would have trusted to give it a shot. You know, um, I've I've enjoyed their mm-hmm. work in the past. So it just I read it. I, you 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 don't really read it. You kind of go over it like you're trying to process it, and you're like, I'm not gonna get this, and I'm not gonna get this alone. And I think that that that's the thing that turns me on the most right it's not about a director right. in a room dictating what they're interpreting it's it's about a, a true ensemble led by a director really trying to decipher this and make choices it's and you're the forced ultimate to make collaboration goals. yes project mm-hmm. it's it and is. it's badass in that yeah. way like she's, and you know y'all know me i talk about this all the time i am collaborator first like director as collaborator fucking mm-hmm. designer mm-hmm. as collaborator <laughs> actor as collaborator we are fucking collaborators or or what is theater or what are we doing mm-hmm. if there's if you're a director you are no bigger than anybody else in that room same with producers, same with fucking understudies, same with everything. You're no smaller, no bigger. Everyone is there for their job. It's just like any fucking thing else. But I am, I'm going to preach this forever for theater because the director position is only meant to keep everybody collaborating. That mm-hmm. is the only point. We've, we've given it this artiste, auteur kind of idea, which is great, but it didn't start that way. It was pageant masters. It was the, it was the let's collaborate, let's make this happen, and let's, I'll make sure that it all happens. And then that split into producers and directors, and directors were the artists, and producers were the, you know, and that's fine. But we have to start seeing directors again as collaborators. I will get the fuck off my soapbox now. Thank you. Hold on. Uh, oh. Well, you can stay <laughs> off because I completely disagree. I'm leaving. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Now it's my podcast. Hot takes. CG, Hot takes. CG wins. No. No, I absolutely agree. I agree with you, brother. It's, you know. But also, uh, you know, anybody can do anything they want and say anything they want and treat yeah, theater I mean, however they want because it's a free fucking world. It's theater. Yeah. I will say, I mean, I actually kind of made a story up in my head based on things that I had heard about this play and reading in it about what she was doing with this. That's so cool. I think it's, I think it's also kind of developed also as we've been talking about her stuff. I wonder, especially at the age that she was at, your mid twenties, because I thought I knew everything and I was angst ridden and all kinds of shit. But everyone, especially with the work that she's doing how nobody's done anything like it, it's shocking, all this stuff. I imagine she was asked constantly, like, what's going on in your head? Yeah. Why do you write yeah. things like that? What, right. what's, what's the deal? What happened to you? What's wrong with you? What Why do you think you? like that? And I yeah. feel like it was yeah. her way of being like, you wanna know what's in my fucking head? This go. is what's in my motherfucking head. Mm-hmm. Enjoy, everybody. Yeah stream of consciousness and this was the one that made me think most too which just had me curious i mean we're all asking like what was she going through and this is the one that makes me think like there was some relationship thing where she always wanted to be loved in a certain way or in a certain kind of relationship and she just never got it yeah yeah. or she loved the raw she loved people that didn't feel the same way about her right or because i got a lot of that in this play you know it's some of her behaviors that are described like you calling her brother at four o'clock in the morning and you know i I got this secret i got this thing like they just you know even going back to her parents and her professors and stuff like that describe you know that this wild child element this sort of manic euphoria that often comes along uh to try and balance out depression and anxiety and obsessive compulsive disorder 
um, and uh, feeding that, you know, and again, we're, we're talking about such a smart mind. Um, th th this is uh, where, where you can, going back to that idea, Bailey, where she's not quite there yet, but man, this, you can see the, it, see it in this step in 448 that she's, right. she's like, I'm, I'm, I'm on the brink of the, the, the next thing. And that's right. And I think just like There's... Carol Churchill did, I think, with Top Girls in a way, I mm. think that mm. was something that I think people started going, oh, wait, structure? Fuck the patriarchal structure, right? We talked about right. that a lot on our Churchill <laughs> episode, um, which, by the way, our Churchill episode, uh, I've been looking at analytics a lot, has been, like, boosted recently. People have been listening to our Churchill episode. Like, that was yes. a very low listen to episode, and I don't know if... We sparked something with our Beckett talk or our Annie Baker talk because we've, we've. It could be uh, anything. It could be. I don't know. You know there's a production of Cloud Nine happening sure. in Montreal, and people On are Zoom. and right. people are searching, uh, searching right. the net. You know, Interesting. And, you know, it, anyway, anything. Sorry. Hi, Canadian fans. We're Hi. glad to have you. There's a, a. few. There's a um, couple. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. A couple. Yeah. <laughs> um, let, can I can I uh, throw out a hot take real quick? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I got real one. real quick. Uh, I think this, if you wanted to take all the, all five of these plays actually and make them um, sort of like a series on something, I would call it war. And let me tell you why. Mm -hmm. I think the first one is war within society, like civil war, full on. Mm -hmm. I think Phaedra is war within the family and then mm -hmm. war within the couple, right? Mm -hmm. And then I think cleansed is like war within the self. Mm -hmm. And this one is war within the mind. So she's constantly narrowing down. So it starts huge with Blasted, and she's constantly getting smaller with where the war is taking place. And I would argue, if you read this with that in mind, this is the war that is happening in her head. And I think that actually intertwines sort of with what you said, CJ. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's really, actually a really beautiful view of, of it, Bailey. Yeah, I, yeah. thanks. Good job. I'm so sorry. I've got a. I've got this quote <laughs> that I found. It's an excerpt from her obituary okay. um, that appeared in the Independent uh, in England. Yeah. Um, it was written by um, Mark Ravenhill, who is a playwright as well, and was a close friend of hers. And he's somebody that we might need to look at. I'm not very familiar with his stuff, but um, this is just a small excerpt of it, and I just thought it, it kind of nailed a lot of things. Sarah Kane was a contemporary writer with a classical sensibility who created a theater of great moments of beauty and cruelty, a theater to which it was only possible to respond with a sense of awe. Hers was a sensibility that Shakespeare or Sophocles or Racine would have recognized, that, but that was often abrasive for a modern audience and, it seems, incomprehensible to most critics. For those used to the reassurance of sociology or psychology in plays, the austere, the austere beauty of Kane's work was a shock to the system. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's it. Like there's there's also an abandoning of social social norms and considerations and psychological norms Absolutely. and considerations mm -hmm. and, and all of that. Last My favorite uh, last thought. I actually had quotables from 448 Psychosis, and the one after yeah, talking good. about all of this that reminds me the most of her is, "They will love me for that which destroys me." Mm hmm. Yeah. I didn't write down any other quotes from any of the other. Plays. No, I, I no, did. Okay. I did. No, I don't. I not. We we went we went past them, and I didn't get back to them. Most it's... of them have hard C U N T S in them. See you next <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs>
Rankings. <laughs> rankings. I'm all into it. Let's do our rankings. Sure. Yeah. Let's fuck it up. Let's yeah. uh Scott, let's hear yours. Man, it's it's tough and I have I have gone back and forth uh, uh but and this is all just slivers of differences that do this for me. I'm going to yeah. say 448 Psychosis is my number 4. Uh then I'm going to go I'm going to go Cleansed. Okay. No, I'm switching it. Ooh, I'm changing my ooh. mind as I'm looking what? at it. What? Yeah, okay. yeah. I've thought I've thought a lot about this play, and it was it, it stuck with me a lot. And there's a lot going on. I'm gonna go with Phaedra's Love at number three, Cleansed okay. at number two, and Blasted number one. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's wow. not like where I, I thought you were headed. Like friend. at this point, everybody's shaken up after we've discussed what we've discussed. Well, that. yeah. I mean, off <laughs> mic, you had you had said differently. So I had. I, was, I, wow. I had. I, yeah. I, it kind of. Yeah. I mean, wow. they're all head spinning. It's it's amazing. That's they it. all have their stuff, but that that's what I'm going to stick with. Okay. All right, Siege. Uh, from fourth to first, cleansed, mm. four forty eight, <laughs> blasted, and Phaedra's love. That's legit. Yeah. You liked Phaedra's love, huh? I just you give me that Greek shit any day. Sure, I sure, love sure, that sure. good old Greek shit. I get that. I love that scene y'all did at the beginning of the first episode. It y'all you you, you, sh you it's really good. You guys should do Thank a radio ra a radio version of that. Oh, thanks. <laughs> That'd be super. I think Will you I, read stage directions, baby? Absolutely. <laughs> it, it, you know, it goes back to our discussion too because it it, it is the most accessible. I think it's obvious that she, sure. it's her sophomore album, but. Uh, yeah, but I think you're right. And right now, maybe we need some accessible. Like, if we're going to do fucked up shit, maybe we need it a little more accessible. Damn. <laughs> right. um, I don't know. Or maybe what we just Kane right now. I, I don't know. What Did about you, you Beige? Beige. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. I, 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 maybe it's for that reason. I don't know what it is. But um, my number four is Phaedra. Mm -hmm. um, oh, oh, wait. But So I read Crave. Yeah, you have. I really like. Yeah. You, all, you also have crave. I, never so I actually it. would go number five, Phaedra. Number four, crave. Well, okay. I really like crave. It's mm -hmm. Three, cleansed. Okay. Number oh. two is four point four eight. Really. And number one is blasted. Blasted. I'm in love with blasted. I'm so glad we see eye to eye on that now, Scott, because it's just. It, yeah. I, I when I when I when I when I number two for you, Siege. It almost made my number one just because it's like that's what that's what introduced me to Sarah Kane, and I think right. you mentioned that too, Bailey. That that's why you love it. It's what introduced you to her. Yeah, yeah, and you know I put four point four eight at number two because when I really think about it, it is. And maybe this is um, sophomoric, maybe this is amateur, but it's that sort of thing where like when I was in college and I read it, it made me go like, ooh. I have to get my hands on that as a director sort of pretentiously. And now it's like, it scares the crap out of me. Mm -hmm. You know, sure. it's like at that time I was like, Oh, I could totally do this. And I would totally like fuck it up and it'd be awesome. And everybody would love it. Fuck it up in like a positive way. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now I feel like I would fuck it up in a negative way. Well, I think no. because of that, you might do a pretty okay production of it. Yeah, I mean, being... it's like, I don't want to do a pretty okay production. Of it. I well, I mean, I mean, insane. like, awesome. I know what you mean. I know what you yeah. mean. You're, you're, <laughs> CJ, you're saying you're saying just being aware, uh, just being aware of of the respect that you want to give it because you know, yeah, kind of what's swirling around it. I I think I appreciate that one so much too because I think it's getting into the mind of someone that I think people have questions about. 
Like, I personally have questions about like, I, what, what is it like being in the mind of someone that's experiencing Alzheimer's or dementia? Like what is going on in their brain? And Mm. that, I mean, completely different part of the spectrum, obviously amongst what people experience, but like, to me, that's just like getting into the brain of someone going through something that I personally have not experienced. And I think it's, right. I think that's fat. I think it's fascinating. And um, but don't you think I it's respect also, it. It's also so easy to put yourself in it. In, Absolutely. In best way. And, and I think that's the human part of Kane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do y'all have any dream roles? I do. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to jump in real quick and sure. say, what I think I've taken away as we're wrapping things up. And as I'm listening to you guys is, you, we think about these plays, and it's in even before I read them, had heard you know it was the reputation of this ah oh, in your face like it's intense. It's you're gonna That's freak what the internet out. You're says, gonna in your yeah. face theater. And it's mm-hmm. actually I, I think Carol Churchill kind of nailed it when she when she made her comment about Blasted being a rather tender play. Yeah. I think it's I think her work is insanely delicate. I don't think it's like, uh, it's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's not Scott. Greek. It's not, you know, Scott, so, is that your Carol Churchill? It's how I tend to play. There's a lot. It's a rather tender play. You always go into dialect when you are when speaking I do. as Carol Churchill. I do. I do. Because <laughs> it's, it's, I love it's, it. I, love I don't, it. I don't mean any disrespect. I, I think no. she's one of the smartest people i've ever read i really do i think um, she probably sounds a bit like <laughs> so, it's just, a rather tender just like a, a cigarette tender. hanging out of her mouth and just spitting <laughs> with a pint have you read the striker when we go it's... to london and do our show in london um much like annie baker is gonna have a beer with us when we go mm-hmm. to new york yes mm-hmm. we should get carol churchill to come and just have a beer with us and... yeah i'll have a beer with carol, you. Like, carol if i'll you're just listening. gloss over because i i'll be i would be Dumbfounded. Anyway, blah blah blah. <laughs> Any uh, dream rolls? Y'all got them. Dream rolls. Dream rolls. <laughs> Do it, Leggett. I know you've got a big one. Uh, she yeah, cried. It's, it's, Sorry. <laughs> she. No, you get never it. cried that. <laughs> She's never cried that. Oh. Uh, uh, but she hasn't that. complained either. So you know. Well. <laughs> well. <laughs> there was that. She hasn't complained to me. Uh, and. She falls asleep real fast. So um, Hippolytus is the one that it's just, I feel like I could attack it and do it. But then I'm, I, I kind of want to play the tanker at some point. I don't, I, I'm not right for it, but it. To play someone just maniacal and evil. And, but that, that he but was, still some human shit a, in there. Yeah, he wants something. He wants love and affection and connection and, you know, but yeah, that's a manifestation. Anyway. Mm-hmm. CJ, um, I, I Phaedra definitely. I think I got a couple more decades to wait, but yes, her definitely. Well, uh, uh, ah, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, I'm you kidding. are kind of old. Yeah. Um, I put down. I, I I thought Strophy too. I just I I mm. I just liked her character, but for her, I think I'm a little too old for her. Um, and then I put 448 as well because I just oh, the yeah. language in there. It's just it's. It's it may be kind of intense and Bailey, I understand everything you're saying about like, should we be doing this play? But it's just it's so honest and raw and real. And 
I do appreciate that a lot about that show. And I'm always into shows where it's like, what's happening? Are we moving? Are we standing in weird spots on the stage? What's happening during this show? So right. I feel like possibilities are kind of endless w- with that piece. Cha-cha. Yeah. I don't have any dream roles. I don't have any dream roles. I just really want to direct Blasted. I really Mm. want to direct um, 4.48 someday, maybe when I'm like in my 60s or something. Um, (laughs) Or maybe not. Maybe I missed it. Maybe I should have directed it when I was 28. When you were like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Oh, Sirens, friends. Oh, my. (laughs) Sorry, I'm in. Sirens. 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 Um, Choppers. Choppers. Remember that song, uh, that show, uh, Wienerville? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Sirens was... always make me think of Wienerville. Um, always. Wienerville. That's all I, I ever think. But there's you. You got no. You you don't have any roles that are that speak to you. Not really. I mean, they just okay. don't really call out to me. It's just not my. Yeah. There's just nothing that I'm like. Oh yeah, I need to get my hands on that. Like it would be fun to do all of them. Like sure. I'd love to be on stage doing this yeah. crazy shit. But yeah. Um. I would. I would. I would just jump in and say that cleansed is the one I want to direct. Yeah, you should throw that like that's sometime. the one I want to direct. Like I, I, for sure, I would love to go on a journey with a get group yourself of a good run do... crew and a good fight choreographer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, that's for real. Um, what, 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 do we? Let's throw out one more just great fact from CJ's fact. <laughs> <laughs> My banjo lick, please. <laughs> Did y'all know in Georgia? No one may carry an ice cream cone in their back pocket if it is Sunday. I think Leggett asked it earlier. Why was there a need for legislation about this? What? <laughs> what happened? What happened? He was like, I'm going to introduce a bill that will address <laughs> this issue. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Like, just some of them, there's like, there's one, and I can't remember where it is. It's like somewhere in Ohio or, you know, some random Midwestern town that's some like. Some flyover state. You know, like an elephant. I'm from one. An elephant can't be led down Main Street, like on a Tuesday. And I'm like, where, <laughs> what? Like, it's one of those weird Twitter things that popped up. And I'm like, what the fuck happened there? Barnum and Bailey in town, wreaking havoc, walking the elephants down. Fucking <laughs> circus on, in town. On a Tuesday. <laughs> on a Tuesday. Who does that? Which um, is when we have our farmer's market. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, do we yeah. have any um, L.A. scenes? What's, uh, I don't do think you, we have anything on uh, L.A. theater scene. Do you guys have anything? I just, just I'll just... Uh, pipe out because it's going for a little bit longer and that's quickly uh, please uh, yes yes sir uh together (laughs) la a virtual stage festival sacred fools is involved with it and many 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 other like it was in it i was in the sacred fools one and uh theater of note and many many other theater companies throughout town are doing quick 10 minute uh zoom plays check it out give money if you can yeah uh help support local theater uh final word on kane is you know just if you know anyone with mental health issues, if you have mental health issues, if you just need somebody to talk to, you should reach out. We have placed a lot of things in the show notes for you. Um, it's hard to ask for help sometimes, but mm-hmm. sometimes it just you takes like to. a call or a text yeah. or 
you know? Uh-huh. And check up on your friends, yeah. especially the ones you know have anxiety, depression, and the especially like. Especially now. Especially now. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird time. We're not seeing each other's faces. We're not seeing a lot of smiles. So let's, let's, let's give some positivity out there and take care yeah. of each other. Yeah. Yeah, I had a little freak out last week. Just build up of anxiety. We love you. No, we no, love you. thank so, you. I'm, so I'm fine and I'm okay, but I, you know, I needed to vent and yeah, I had a roommate and a good friend that was there right. to, to listen. So thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Kraz. And we love you, listeners, turds. We love you guys. But tur- <laughs> I call you turds because it's the theater nerds turds. Like I'm not with an Irish you accent, right? <laughs> um. Thank you for joining us for our episode on Sarah Kane, 4.48 Podcosis. We'll be Yay. back next week for oh, our next man. six episode topic. Fifth it's, episode it's, topic. It's already, it's already gotten heated and heightened on it's Slack. Real fucked up on Slack, y'all. We are doing movie musicals, and each of us got to choose one. And guess what? We have a guest. Yes, our guest is our incredible songwriter. Pamela Quinn. Yes, she Ooh. writes a song for every one of these miniseries. It's crazy that she does that in a week, every single time. She's amazing. She's awesome. She's so cool. And we're going to have her on because she knows more about movie musicals than all of us combined. She's super smart about it. And she writes like she's brilliant. a musical every year. She's brilliant. Yep. So we're going to have her on and each of us got to choose one. So should we announce that right now? Which ones we're doing? Yeah, we totally could. Yeah, let's let's do it. It. Okay, let's tell the ones that we chose. So what did you choose, Scott? I chose Oklahoma. 1956, Rodgers and Hammerstein, Oklahoma, exclamation yeah. point? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> it's a classic, and it's and I'm really excited to revisit it and, yeah. and talk about it. It's so fun. I watched it two nights ago, and I'm really fucking pumped. Um, what about you, Siege? I chose the Jesus Christ Superstar from the 1970s, I believe, with Ted Neely and Carl Anderson, and I've been singing it all week. I'm so excited, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. What about you, Beige? Well, Pamela Quinn first, because the fourth one might be the most heated one. But number three is Rocky Horror Picture Show. Duh. I knew she was going to choose something a little off-kilter. She chose the most off-kilter. I'm so excited. I've only seen that once. Oh my gosh. That was exciting. One that, popped, that was the first one that popped into my head. Yeah. And when Pam, when Pam had already claimed it, I was like, I also have fair. so many stories around it. And I know y'all, I'm sure, do oh too. God, it's just one I, of those that just lives I, in a Tim lot Curry of Tim Curry is so fucking unbelievably hot yeah, in that movie. I, it's a theater kid <laughs> nerddom. And some yes. people just hate it. And that's legit. Nice. I chose something that none of us are going to react to right now. We're not going to say anything about how we feel about it. We're just going <laughs> to all go, oh, okay, great. Nod our heads. Mm-hmm. We are going to watch and discuss mm-hmm. and disseminate all over <laughs> Les Mis. Bye, everybody. Okay, bye. <laughs> nice uh, podcast. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> we love you so very much. Um, after that, though, uh, the next miniseries, just to go ahead and announce it, we're going to be doing uh, How I Learned a Podcast. That's right. It's Paula Vogel mm. with our incredible guest, Natalie Nicole Dressel. We're really excited wait. about that. Yeah, I'm very That's going to be so fun. Uh, and then we'll uh, we'll announce what we're doing after that later uh, yeah. because we haven't really figured out exactly how this season's going to end, especially with everything going on. We definitely want to do some more uh, playwrights of color and such, and we're just excited to get into that realm. But that is not possible yet, so we're getting there. Um, Y'all, do we want a quick else? review? 
Oh yeah, read a review. I've got, read a review. Read a review. So quick, I've quick, got quick, a review uh, from Theater Struck. Thank you, Theater Struck. Lively conversation, warm, enthusiastic, and completely engaging. This trio of friends welcome you in to join rich conversations about their pa shared passion, theater. A bit of history, personal anecdotes, and opinions while keeping a tight and thoughtful presentation reminds us that theater is a tapestry of human experience and often magic. But not Mad. like Pippin, because God damn it. <laughs> but not like what? Pippin. I've, I have stories about, well, Pippin. I've, we'll talk about it. You can think about your life. No. Pippin. <laughs> Because wouldn't you that's great? We, I love that review. Yes, that was it was review. very nice of yeah, Theaterstruck. Yeah. Thank you, Theaterstruck. We love you. Um, I think they follow us on Instagram, actually. Yeah, incredible. And on we Twitter. love you so much. And on Theaterstruck, we're going to find out who, anyway. who you are, and we're going to love on you. Um, thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Uh, no, you we won't, but you'll hear us. Uh, <laughs> subscribe, rate, review. That's all. Love y'all. Thanks, Pam Quinn. Thanks, Ryan Thomas. Happy Johnson. Halloween. Pippin. Think about the cold. Master of the house. Oh, God. There in my podcast on our cloud.